welcome back to the channel everyone apologies there we just had a slight technical issue which we we fixed and so here we are good to see everyone thank you for being here great to see so many people in the live chat uh, before I bring on my guest, just a few things. First of all, Katie Howland was unable to join me for this interview today. Uh, it's just the way it goes with time zone differences and things like that. But she will be coming up in the next few shows. We've got a lot coming up. Um, it's been a busy week or two with everything that's going on. Uh, I haven't covered it yet on this channel, but I am recording an interview with Chris Leto tomorrow morning, which I'll probably release tomorrow night or maybe Saturday. So look out for that one. Um, yeah, it's there's been so much. We just had President Biden's speech. Um, personally, I was a bit disappointed. I was hoping for more, but at the same time, I'm not surprised uh, that we didn't get anything. Uh, as always, guys, please keep the chat cool, calm, and collected. I, I appreciate that. <clears throat> um, just a quick note, message from the sponsor. If, you, if you're into reading, please check out 29 Degrees North. They are the sponsor of the channel. The book is amazing. Uh, if you're into, into reading, check it out. The links are in the description. If you have a question at all through this interview with Red Panda Koala, please leave it in capital letters. Alternatively, Super Chat is available. And yeah, let's get to it. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I'm a big fan of my guest's work. So please welcome Red Panda Koala. Red, how's it going? Great. Exciting couple of days. So we were saying uh, backstage and... Yeah, just so much going on. It's hard to keep track of it all. It is, man. It's crazy. Uh, the amount of publicity and press, I don't think we even saw this back in 2017. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, crazy, crazy. But for now, we're here to talk about you. Uh, I can't wait to to dig deep into sort of your hi history, background, the, your, your work, your documentaries. So I suppose the first question would be, where did it all start for you? Where did you get interested in the uh, UFO subject? So yeah, I'm like a, a late bloomer person where it's like the 2017 stuff got me into it. Um, I hadn't really like taken a deep dive before that. So when that happened, I was like, what's going on? And then, yeah, just reading and reading and reading and then trying to piece it all together. And yeah, that, 2017 is where I started. Cool. Uh, and do you have a background in filmmaking at all? Like, Because obviously the quality of your documentaries are so high and so well produced. It just looks as if that's something you've been involved in before. Oh, uh, no, actually, no. Thank you for that. And um, to anyone maybe who's thinking of starting it, like start start a channel if you're feeling compelled. Like if you look at my first video, like the editing is really bad. And I feel like my last two, it's like starting to get there. But um, yeah, with the internet and stuff, you can learn like so much stuff online. And um, yeah, there's a lot of people I feel like would have really good channels out there, like in uh, UFO land and stuff like that. So just start, start today, right? Like you did it, right? Like I'm sure like did you have any kind of background in like interviewing or no nothing yeah, at right? all. So we're all we're all here doing it so no that's cool man yeah it's awesome to see you know I, you know I, I didn't notice any difference in your editing i just thought it was sharp oh. and clean from from the start so oh, wow, kudos man um but you also cover many different aspects of the ufo subject and for me i think it's really vital to look at the historical aspect which is you know interesting that you came in only recently but then you decided to go right back into the sort of the more historical stuff which i think is definitely good to understand what's going on now so can you tell us a bit about the process of putting together something something new uh, uh, sure yeah um and then yeah to the history thing like i do love history in general and i actually was starting i wanted to do a cold war history channel before the 2017 stuff broke like i was actually like saving for money and stuff and then like saving money for my computer 
and then that happened and then when i was looking at the history there's like so much overlap of like cold war names and lore and stuff like that with ufos that it, it kind of just seemed like a perfect time and fit and stuff like that and i was just obsessed with it so it kind of helped my like obsession with it um so basically i just like have um files that i keep like on my phone and on my computer and like anytime i come across something interesting i just put it in there because i'm sure you know and everyone knows who's into this subject like you start reading about one thing and then before you know it, you have like 300 tabs open of like different things that branch off from it. So that's one thing it's important to like really just keep filing everything away because like you'll lose it. Like, you know, those sites, like some info you'll find on some random site that you'll never find again, probably. Um, and then once I have like enough stuff for like one like concept or area, then uh, and I feel like it would tell like a good story. That's when I decide to like, OK, I'll probably like I'll make a video about this or if I feel like it needs to be made um, like two ago, I made um, how the stigma was created, which I think is like an important aspect of like this whole thing of like, how does society, like how does something like this, um, how is a lie like this put upon society? And it's like all the different aspects of that. I find, I find like fascinating, like even separate of UFOs, like that angle itself is just so interesting. Um, so just showing all the ways that like, yeah, the stigma was like the reason why we have to get rid of the stigma. And that's what you heard them say at the congressional hearing is because like it was put in place, you know? so. And so just stuff like that. And like, like, yeah, so like that, I think that's like an interesting aspect for people to understand too, aside from just like, um, like that there are UFOs. It's like, this, these are the actions that were taken by the government to like, get us all to think that way for whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, man. So when you're like looking through like um, documents and, and other uh, other aspects of the research how do you are you cautious about what information you put in if it can't be validated like how do you deal with things like that yeah no definitely um yeah and especially right with this subject too where it's like it's not just like traditional history like traditional world war ii history channel or something that's like we're dealing with something that's been like intentionally obfuscated for decades there's been like intentional misinformation and disinformation like going back decades so um uh, I guess like a good example, like for this kind of uh, thought is like uh, Nino Kulag and I did a video on and she was the alleged um, psychic uh, telekinesis lady who they were studying. She was kind of an uh, a big proponent or a big factor in the like psychic spy, uh, psychic cold war that happened, which is like then you get how Pudoff and company tied in. So for that, right, you're dealing with like psychic phenomena or whatever. So I just <laughs> I throw in a lot of like allegedly's or like this person said, like not saying for sure. I think I even really mentioned to you that like this could all be disinfo, you know what I mean? But these are just, this is what this like accredited Russian scientist said about it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult man. though, right? Like, yeah, what do you do? How do you, there's a lot of weird stuff in this uh, topic. Yeah, no, absolutely. You sort of said it there that you need to kind of caveat a lot of these things with, like you said, allegedly and, and you know, say that you're speculating maybe. Mm -hmm. So I think you pull it off though, man. You know, I think you did it, did it, do it justice in all of your videos. So yeah, that's great. Uh, so obviously digging through historical files and I'm sure you've come across obviously the big cases, um, obviously Roswell probably being the biggest. I'd just love to hear your thoughts after kind of going through so much information, what your thoughts on Roswell are. So I feel like I haven't really done the deep, deep dive, but obviously like I'm going to probably make a video about it one day. And just based on everything I've read, like reading about other stuff, I would say probably, yeah, something happened there. Um, there's just a lot of statements and um, like the timing of everything and the names involved, I would say so. And then even going to today, what you hear some people saying and like referencing and um, 
not this NDAA, but the previous one, right? They they harpened in on the July 47 date, I believe. So it comes up a lot. Um, yeah, I would, I would, I think something for sure happened, right? And then, yeah, you even have it going to the 90s where they did the, they brought it up again, and then they introduced the um, the crash test dummies, but those dummies weren't in use until like the 50s. So it's even to the 90s and even to today, there's still this gray area of like what's going on here. And yeah, even with today, today you have the Crado, right, which is allegedly supposed to be the Army Crado with TTSA that Tom DeLong harpins on that hasn't been dropped yet for a reason. Um, and that piece allegedly came from Roswell. So I don't know, it keeps on coming up. So I kind of lean towards, I lean towards yes, as far as specifics, uh, I don't know. But I do know there's a lot of weird, like, I can't tell you the names right now off the top of my head, but a lot of weird general movements around that time and like people like flying around uh, unplanned trips, you know, so those I think are pretty uh, interesting aspects. What, what do you think actually, Curious? I mean, I, 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 I'm like you, I think something happened, but the more you, I've tried to look into Roswell, the muddier it gets, the the harder it gets. You know, there's so many nuances and different angles. And I think there's definitely a lot of misinformation or disinformation thrown in there over the years that it just becomes one of them cases where I, I find it almost impossible to come to a definitive conclusion. But boy, yeah, it's an interesting case. Absolutely. Yeah. It's sad it's all happening now because like, uh, or it's probably why it's happening now. But imagine if this would have happened like 20 years ago, you know, like so many of those people are gone. Like it's kind yeah. of almost lost to history this point absolutely man but obviously after roswell it leads into project blue book which leads into the robertson panel and there's clear obfuscation coming from the air force especially i mean why do you think they chose to go down that route and and just not talk or be honest with the public why would they not just want to be truthful what what do you think on that um i do kind of like uh tom delong's assessment of the situation where he's like they didn't really know what this was and it could be a weapon it could be this it could be that like in terms of like understanding their thought process, not like uh, saying that that was the right thing to do. Um, and then something I also think about a lot too is like, and so what I, I sort of ask people when they get mad, it's like, what would the the secret or the truth have to be for you to condone the cover up, uh, which I personally think has included like murdering people in the past and stuff like that. Um, I think a lot of us were always like, oh, the people can handle the truth, da, 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 but I feel like none of us really know what it is. So I think it's that's an important just kind of like, measure for us all to have like what would it have to be for you to say like actually you know what? i don't think people could handle this so um yeah we'll who knows <laughs> yeah i mean it's funny because it all seems to be centered around the beginning of this subject and the the lies and, and everything being hidden from the 40s and 50s but that was also the time when the you know we had the the nuclear age with the the atomic age and so mm -hmm. you know a lot of people make this connection to UFOs and nukes. You've obviously covered it really well. So again, what are your thoughts on that? And do you think there's definitely a connection there? Yes, yes. One second, one second. One second. I'm live. <laughs> okay, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, um, loud and clear, man. Oh, did you hear that too? Uh, um, so about the uh, nuclear connection? No, that's actually yeah. really... Uh, interesting and like my current video so ties into that way more than I originally thought so like this current video is almost like the final in the trilogy of like what the previous two were you know because you could watch the previous two like in chronological order yeah um so for two ago 
the first in that trilogy, it was like the Project Sign, Project Blue Book, everything, right? And then it goes into like Project Blue Book, the propaganda stuff. And then this next one is like the end of Project Blue Book and um, how did the scientific community get like endorsed or get on board with this topic? And so a big part of that is Edward Condon, right? Yeah. And uh, some of the research I've been doing lately, it's, it, I think personally that uh, Edward Condon might've even been involved with UFOs going back like to that time period because he had worked out, he helped found Los Alamos lab. He worked under Oppenheimer during the Manhattan project. And if you look at the recent NDAA, they um, specify that 1945 date, which people are all saying relates to Trinity and stuff like that, which was the, the nuclear test site like right by Los Alamos. So, um, and then you have that tie into a lot of those scientists were the ones that were arguing for um, the Atomic Energy Act, which created the Atomic Energy Commission, which turned into the Department of Energy, which, you know, everyone always says, and it comes up all the time in like UFO lore. So uh, yeah, it just seemed like that nuclear connection is really big, but you have Rendlesham is pretty, uh, like a case with like a lot of like supporting evidence of like John McCain got those people healthcare and stuff like that. So yeah. there does seem to be this big connection and um, they're flying over like a lot of the Manhattan Project sites uh, other than Los Alamos, I think about like Oak Ridge and the Hanford site. So I think there's definitely, definitely a connection there. And do you think there's a connection as well between what happened in 1952 with the Washington DC flyover? You know, could it be that, you know, I think that was the year that we had the hydrogen bomb as well. Do you think that was some kind of potential reaction? Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, I kind of lean there, you know, because like the, the activity did pick up when we were starting to develop the like the first uh, bombs. But and then, yeah, 1952 is when we dropped the first hydrogen bomb. So, I mean, it makes sense to me, but who who knows, right? That's a whole other thing. It's like who really knows what even is behind the phenomenon, what their intentions are, their thoughts are like. It's just it's crazy to like, I feel like sometimes we even get lost of like, yeah, there's actually something, you know what I mean? It's like, it just seems so crazy. You forget that like all the different aspects of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people make the assumption that these beings are or, or whatever they potentially are would be here to protect us because we're dicing with such you know deadly weapons. But could it be that simple? Or do you think there could be some malevolence in there as well? I mean, what do you think? Well, yeah, like, um, so I did a video series on Kolaris and that that's a, I think, one, I think it's like the best document case, like, like, generally, like, not even just like, any qualifiers. But then also like that case is kind of a malevolent case where it's like over like two month, three month period, you have multiple UFOs reported by like hundreds of people at every uh, facet of life. You have police officers, um, politicians, uh, mayors and stuff like that. And yeah, these UFOs were like intentionally, um, or I don't know if I could say intentionally, right? They were hurting people though. Uh, the people were getting radiation burns. Um, some people were like put into like cardiac arrest and some people were like uh, had their blood kind of like taken. And so it's like, when you look at something like that, uh, it's, it is kind of hard to be like, oh, they're all nice, you know? Um, even if it wasn't intentional, maybe it was just a byproduct. But um, I, think, I think that's something we have to keep in mind. You know what I mean? Like we want the truth, right? Like, so like, even if it is bad, even if it is like abduction stuff, you know? And then uh, something I think about a lot too, though, is like um, a lot of us like eat, meat you know i do too and like there are a lot of sentient animals you know like so it's so a circle of life thing i guess kind of like you know like 
can we really complain about abductions when the things we do to other animals for like you know yeah that's a good point that's a really good point you know we we, we always just assume that we're top of the food chain and we've heard a lot of people especially lou elizondo talk about it you know what if we're not you know it, it would change a lot of things the way we look at ourselves and the way we look at other species so yeah i mean it's, it's a really good point um, and one other thing with nuclear weapons is, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the fact that uh, people have talked about the potential of using nukes for baiting UFOs on purpose? Um, I mean, that, I mean, I feel like, right, like if uh, you were whatever in intelligence agencies behind like researching this, I think that would make sense. Like, um, like you see them all the time around this thing that you have, like, let's put it this thing that we have there to try and beat it to study. Kind of like how we do with like a lot of other animals so i guess that would make sense i hear people talk about uh, what starfish prime a lot yeah i guess that was kind of um a nuke ufo story thing um but yeah i don't really know for sure though like if they've done it hopefully like all this stuff comes out eventually but um we'll see we'll see how they continue to roll this out yeah absolutely it's surreal no, right? these past few days have been kind of surreal it's like dude ever, the all the different statements we're hearing and stuff it's like seeing it play out in real time it's pretty wild it is and like i said earlier it's just we've not seen this kind of media coverage well probably possibly ever when it comes to the ufo subject and it seems to get more confusing the further we go day by day you know with no one making clear statements just acting like they don't know anything and that throws to me the thought that they have such advanced sensor systems both on the ground you know, you know in space on these these jets that are, are shooting these things down, that surely there's got to be some gun camera footage or, or something somewhere, wouldn't you think? Yeah. I mean, the, the Tic Tac footage has existed before 2017, you know what I mean? So I'm sure there's more of that, but there's the infamous 20-minute video we're all waiting for. Um, yeah, I think they have more. And even uh, with Biden, I've been saying this a lot too, Biden has connections to this stuff going way back. He, um, when his family died, on a like super tragically when he first became a senator in the 70s his mentor in the senate was a person named claiborne pell and that senator was uh tied up with uh, ions institute of noetic science which edgar mitchell founded and he um that senator was also a, a senator that was getting funding for the remote viewing program like through the years and helped de declassify so i think biden knows more than he lets on it's weird like every president post truman has some weird little tie into ufos like that you wouldn't expect like yeah absolutely man we'll get into a couple of those uh, okay. in a little bit but you mentioned edgar mitchell there and again you've one of your films really focuses on on uh, his importance to the ufo subject so can you tell us a little bit about his story and why you felt it was important to highlight him specifically uh, out of sort of the astronauts yeah yeah edgar mitchell he's uh yeah he was uh one of the apollo astronauts and he was a big disclosure advocate for his entire life and his was really fun to make and interesting to make um i say he's like the forrest gump of ufos where like every little chapter of his life, there's some like little UFO connection. For example, like he grew up around uh, Roswell and he was like a teenager when like that thing broke out, broke out and he and his friend were gonna like ride their bikes over to go check it out before they said that it was a weather balloon. Um, and then what else? Uh, he was in the Korean war and he, he didn't see anybody he'd heard of some like reports of UFOs and stuff like that. And that would have been during like the blue book era. And then, um, Oh yeah, and another another reason why he's very interesting, I think, is because he kind of ties in the the UFO um, psychic studying, I guess you would call it, uh, overlap, where he was like into UFOs and at the same time he was also like helping connect people, uh, like uh, 
Hal Pudoff and um, Andrea Puharik and like that whole scene of like the SRI remote viewing program. He was helpful with that. And he would, cause he was an astronaut, right? Like he could get in a lot of places, a lot of doors would open for him. So he was constantly like advocating for those programs and stuff like that and for disclosure. Um, so yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty sad actually that he, I feel like he didn't get to see at least the 2017 thing, but I did think it was cool. And I'm actually probably going to redo that video because some of the audio on that's really bad. I thought it was cool that they mentioned the uh, uh, Wilson Davis memo in the congressional hearing, even if it, I don't know, I really don't even know what to make of that, but just knowing that it came from um, his like estate, like yeah. he's still kind of a part of it, you know, but yeah, he's just a super uh, interesting dude. His life is just crazy. It's like, doesn't even seem real sometimes. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and it makes you think, you know, what did he actually know or what was he told that maybe he never really got to, to speak about publicly before he sadly passed away? Yeah. And you mentioned there Wilson Davis and coming from his estate. And I mean, that's another story that, you know, it keeps evolving slowly, but surely, but it is still very confusing. So, um, I mean, I was going to say, what's your take on it? But it, I, I guess you, you pretty much just said then you don't really know. But like, really in the grand, in the grander or bigger picture of crash retrievals, is that something that you have come across in your research? And if you do, what do you think that the U.S. government or private contractors have UFO materials or even a craft? Um, so, like, I couldn't really like point to anything specific, but maybe just from like a general sense, I would say yeah. It seems like they went to Lockheed Martin at some point. Um, I think there's one memo where it like uh what's it like 46 of second or something like that there's this one memo where it's like it kind of implicates that like blue book was just like the public facing thing but like whenever something really went down like it was this group that would go and get them and that'd probably be an interesting um place for like people with like congressional subpoena power or something to look um and then yeah like the whole like lockheed uh patel um angle the department of energy stuff um I, I don't know. I just kind of lean gut feeling. Yes, we have something. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. What, what do you? What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I suppose if I had to make a sort of say something on it, I think there's probably the possibility that we do have something. Uh, I, if there is a back engineering program, I doubt that it's been cracked from conversations I've had with people and research I've done. You know, we hear this story about them bringing out this technology every 10 years to have another go and see if our technology's caught up enough to be able to sort of make some progress with it. I think that's possibly more likely. But again, I mean, we just don't know, do we? It's That's the problem with the majority of this subject is we don't know. So okay. it is a, a lot of speculating. What does make me interested, though, is like all the, the politicians speaking on it, because it's like, uh there's so much money that goes into politics you know what i mean like uh pulling the strings and stuff like that um like i i don't think uh like somebody's telling them it's advantageous to talk about it or like it's okay it's acceptable like if um if there i feel like if there was truly truly nothing to it like by this point like it kind of all would have stopped we wouldn't be having more and more politicians speaking on it kind of uh situation um so we'll see and like yeah the the Wilson Davis memo was mentioned at the, the congressional hearing, right? So hopefully whoever uh, got that info to, uh, who was that, Gallagher, I think, right? You yeah, I that? think it was Gallagher. And I think Gary Nolan was the one that brought it to his attention. Oh, cool. So I'm hoping, like, hopefully they know more than we do. And it's like, this is a sure thing there. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, another aspect, I think, that's been an issue within the government and possibly the military as well is religious pushback. Is that something that you've come across? Um, yeah, like to a, to a degree. Yeah, definitely. And, um, 
Yeah, like uh, the Collins Elite um, thread, I guess, that you see coming up all the time. And uh, uh, one of my favorite, like, UFO uh, stories, right, is that Ray Boucher story where he says, like, those guys contacted him and stuff like that. Um, there is a there is a weird angle to it. And there is some stuff where it's like uh, even Project Blue Book did some, like, channeling stuff where it's like that almost kind of seems like a religious angle on it you know what I mean even though you're trying to be scientific with it like so it does make sense and I do kind of worry like just going forward like all of us like you me like all, everyone in our community how we're going to be um like perceived you know like I'm sure you saw like as this whole stuff was break, breaking out it's like there's the project blue being like don't fall oh, angle everywhere there's the this is all demons angle so I'm I'm just worried that like our community is going to get caught up in like it's going to happen, but like, yeah, we're going to get caught up in that and stuff like that. So, uh, that I do see the religious pushback and everyone's kind of viewing it through their own religious lens. Like I'm sure, um, a lot of the like, um, Muslim people I've talked about this view it through like the gin lens, which I think is a pretty solid lens. Yeah. Um, and then, but you do see a lot of like, um, Christian podcasts have like that speak on this, uh, well, and not saying all of them, but we'll say like kind of view it through a demonic lens, which is, you know, it's kind of uh, interesting. It's going to be wild as we uncover what's actually going on. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, following Project Blue Book and all that kind of stuff going into sort of the 70s and 80s, it feels like the subject took a bit of a, a quiet period. And, you know, yes, there could potentially have been some secret groups, you know, MJ-12 type things. Although, you know, I think with MJ-12, obviously, that's a very controversial thing. So what do you think? How do you think that? I don't really know how to phrase it properly. Do you think MJ-12 was based in some kind of reality that there were possibly some groups looking into this that we just haven't heard of? Yeah, I think I like uh, that's another one where it's like eventually I'll make a video on it. But everything I've read, uh, I do think there's definitely something like that. And even a lot of the names on that, I would probably agree with, like Finnavar Bush and whatnot. Yeah, there's an interesting thing that uh, I learned recently that I'm pretty sure it's true. Hopefully, if not, someone in the comments can correct me. Um, I think it was uh, there was a memo by Wilbert Smith that had been released like through official channels that named Ben Avar Bush as like the head of this um, UFO secret group or whatever. And it was after that that the MJ-12 documents were like released. So it was like almost potentially might have been in response to those being out to just kind of muddy the waters there. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure that that. Uh, uh, the Wilbert Smith who ran Project Magnet, the Canadian small little UFO study. I'm pretty sure that's like an official document. I think people do argue about whether or not Wilbert Smith is legitimate, but so we do have like Van Aver Bush being named on a UFO document, which I do find interesting. And you have what Benzel was in that document who I'm pretty sure like he was a blue book debunker. So I'm, and he was kind of like a big, he was like a J. Allen Hynek, a big scientific public face of like debunking this subject. So, a lot of those names, uh, James Forrestal too, I would imagine would have been on whatever, whoever they contacted after Roswell, you know what I mean? Or once they realized what was going on. So I do think there is something there. Yeah, no, I agree. I think you kind of nailed it there that these big names must, well, they were connected in some way, but whether they <laughs> were as connected as forming this full group of people, not so sure there, but definitely think there was some some connection in, uh, in, involved. So... 
Well, let's bring it back up to sort of more recent times and, and talk about, you know, when it all kind of changed for the, the subject and became a bit more mainstream. And on the 17th of December 2017, do you remember that day? Was that something you, you were like, oh, my goodness, oh, yeah. what is this? Actually, I do, because um, cause, uh, I, I like the news a lot and I like history a lot. So, like, I was always reading and stuff like that. But um, I just never, like, deeped over that subject. And then I remember I saw the David Fravor interview on Tucker Carlson and for me when I saw that interview like on mainstream media being like seriously addressed I was like what it uh what I say is it reminded me of um the beginning of Arrival when everyone's like stopped and stuff like that like that's how I felt personally but like no one in my real life did um but yeah I do remember like very vividly being like what the heck is this and then I watched uh I think like an Elizondo interview after that and I was like what is this and then like so it's basically nonstop since that day of like every day at least reading about this a little bit or trying to learn something new. So <laughs> what do your family and friends think about it? Um supportive. At first, a lot of them didn't understand, and a lot of them don't didn't like talking about it, which makes sense because the stigma and it is an uncomfortable topic for some people. And then yeah. Yeah, as as more and more stuff happens, like I'm getting more and more messages of like, oh, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And it's like, oh, okay, that feels good. Like uh, but yeah, for sure at the beginning too, a lot of people were like, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you wasting all your time on this? Uh, but now I think we're good. Yeah. Now, now, obviously, around that time, a lot of this was to do with Tom DeLong, TTSA, and that in itself has been quite controversial over the past few years. So, what are your thoughts on what was first sort of promised by TTSA with uh, you know the, the technology that they were trying to promise that they would bring to the subjects and then how it all changed sort of during the pandemic so what are your thoughts on that whole yeah. company organization and do you think there's anything nefarious to it nefarious maybe perhaps right like it's like um the intelligence community has been all over this subject and even like mingling with the ufo community since the beginning you know um was it jay allen Hynek was tasked to go out and ask a bunch of the different early ufo groups to like um that he told him like oh you'll get secret data if you go along with our narrative kind of thing so there is that and when you look at ttsa in the lineup and like the uh intelligence like there it's like it's like i understand why people say that. oh there's a red flag there um and then there's the 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 vehicle part i thought was a little like yeah that's very suspect like i don't know if like oh maybe they do maybe it is possible with what they're looking at but i don't know about that but to the whole like reducing stigma, having congressional hearings, getting this subject like to a place where it can be discussed, like yeah, I think they deserve like all the credit for that. And um, it's kind of easy when we're on this end of it to be like, what have they really done? Which actually I don't even think it's easy, but there are a lot of people who have that um, take. But because like I spend all my time like reading about history and like reading about all these people who like wish they could be living through what we're living through or wish like the subject could have gotten the attention it's getting now and who just their whole lives tried to get that and it died without ever seeing any of it it's like they did do they accomplished like that and that is no small feat in my uh in my book um so yeah like kudos to them for that and like yeah all the the flight safety stuff even if it's not a ufo ufo it's like those are all um really important and um they deserve all, all the credit for that for sure yeah, absolutely. I mean, for one thing I think about is if Tom DeLong was used, whether it be by, I don't know, the CIA or the government or anybody, all it's really done is thrust the subject into the mainstream, which is, why would they want that to happen? It does A lot of it doesn't make sense to me. You know, a lot of people saw, there are people out there that think it was just a money grab, but 
I mean, the money that we're talking is is just a drop in the ocean in, in on the grand scheme of things. So I, again, it doesn't it doesn't add up to me. So yeah. yeah, no, I appreciate your take on that. Um, and again, around this time, we've got uh, Donald Trump in office as well, and uh, you've really done some digging on Trump's connection to the UFO subject. If you wouldn't mind just sort of laying that out for us, because I found that really interesting. Yeah, for sure. So some of it, like him himself, like, right, he was president for a lot of the initial rollout. One of his, um, his chief IT person went from the White House to TTSA. I forget his name, but he was like a bald gentleman. Um, and that was never, that wasn't really reported on a lot, even in a UFO land. Um, and then, yeah, his um, uncle, uh, John Trump, it's like, there's not like any like confirmed, confirmed connections, but when you look at him as a whole, he was part of the MIT Rad Lab during uh, like World War II. He helped develop American radar. He was the um, scientific advisor to a lot of the Air Force generals, including, who was it, Carl Spatz, who is one of those generals like we were talking about earlier that they have kind of a, an interesting like weird flying um, schedule mishap around the Roswell time. And who was like, yeah, the one of the top leaders of the Air Force at the time. So you would imagine. Um, oh, another thing too is that he uh, he went through Tesla's files for the government. You know what I mean? Uh, when Tesla died, so you, you'd imagine he was thought of as smart enough to be the person to analyze all of Tesla's work when Tesla died. He invented or he he helped invent radar, um, and he was an advisor to all these generals. Like I think, and he was like friends with um, like Condon and Oppenheimer and Vannevar Bush. So it's like uh, his name is like right there with all the different names. So I would assume, but it's not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure his uncle was involved at least to some degree. Yeah, you can so. certainly see the links there with the people, the names that you named. Um, and another thing with Trump is, you know, we, we there's that sort of famous video clip of him and his son talking about Roswell. Do you think Trump genuinely knew anything or do you think he was like just hyping it? Um, see, that's the thing, right? People were like, oh, Trump could never keep a secret like that. But I don't, I feel like he kind of didn't know. And then, oh, there's another connection too, where his connection with, um, and th this is also another one where it's like not confirmed, confirmed, but it is interesting. Some people say that there was a, the whole McCarthy hearings, that there was a, a UFO underpinning of that. Basically, like there was a UFO underpinning of the Manhattan Project, the Atomic Energy Commission, and the McCarthy hearings, like with all that, when you look at like um, the atomic scientists that, like, for example, that's where Condon lost his clearance. That's where Oppenheimer lost his clearance was in those, you know. Um, and Trump's mentor was Roy Cohn, who was the uh, who was part of that whole thing. And they were investigating some of the the different Manhattan Project sites for that, um, where there were UFO sightings. And it's not confirmed by any means, but there is that. And it's like uh, the Nixon um, with the, what's that guy's name? Trump has some connections with Nixon, too. So it's like Trump's, Trump and his uncle and like some of those legacy connections i would think he kind of knows but i'm kind of get the feeling that maybe at the time of like 2016 2017 the they weren't briefing him on everything you know yeah no absolutely i mean you can, you can name so many different presidents that could be connected jimmy carter you know was a big yeah. one that always comes up with having his own sighting but it doesn't really point to whether he actually knew anything or mm. not, but I, I do find it interesting. And, you know, there's been some great work done on UFOs and presidents over, over the years, but I feel like we're just at a point where we need more now. It's, it seems to have been, it's getting a bit stale. Yeah, maybe for sure. But and it kind of seems like it's happening though. Like, like, yeah, these past few weeks, like just the coverage of it, the, the media, um, you know, cause I feel like 
media is fairly controlled. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, there's a million things that could go on uh, the news every night and someone decides what and what doesn't, you know, and how it's framed, like what words are used. So there's been a lot of like UFO language lately, you know, so like, yeah, like you were saying, like, I don't think that like, when was the last time there was this much like separate UFO coverage, even if it ends up being prosaic on like ever, like it's like 1952 wave level of like coverage. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we have had the, the ramping up of language in the National Defense Authorization Acts. I think for the past three years, we've had these multiple UFO offices since ATIP. So we've had the, you know, UAPTF, AOIMSG and Arrow now. But also on the other side, we have had a lot of sort of citizen initiatives cropping up. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think that that is a adds value to the subject you think that we we're just as likely to get results from that that side of things yeah i think uh i think that stuff is like really good like like all the people making content i think helps the cause like all the people holding twitter spaces or whatever helps the cause um things like the big phone home you know like when everyone like uh collects their like um their political power or whatever and like starts calling their people or tweeting at their representatives i think all those things do help um so yeah, I think I think they help. I don't think yeah, I don't think it's like the only thing. You know, like a lot of it is the behind the scenes stuff with Mellon and Elizondo. But I think it's a it's a group effort. It's a group collective effort. So yeah, I think. Cool. No, I appreciate it. So what's next for you, man? Are you working on anything in particular? Do you have a focus that you want to do for sort of twenty twenty three? Yeah. So um, I'm hoping to finish this one up. It's taking me forever, but it's about to be a long. It's like a two and a half hour video. Wow. Um, because it's it kind of closes out the whole like blue book era and like uh like that that question of like science like how did the scientific community low-key drop the ball like this hard i think is a really important one for like even scientists to understand you know um uh it's like you guys aren't infallible uh <laughs> like you know what i mean um and then after that i think i'm gonna do uh, a news recap one which i'll probably just kind of make like a good like a recap of the past five years even including this balloon stuff you know what i mean yeah. And then after that, I'm kind of working on one that's talking about like um, internet, like the internet's impact on UFOs and like um, some of the early hacking stuff that happened. Like Gary McKinnon is like a big famous one. And yeah. then there was a few before that that I'm working with um, uh, uh, um, uh, a friend from Reddit with. So that should be cool. And then after that, I don't know. I think I'm going to go. So I like to kind of have it broken up into like different sections on my channel where it's like the Blue Book era stuff, the, um, the in between which is like, you know, uh, post Blue Book, pre-2017, like Stanton Friedman or like the Edgar Mitchell one would count in there. Um, and then like 2017 post. And then I also have kind of like the psychic angle. So I kind of like to go like one of each, you know, sure. in a pattern. Um, so yeah, it should be hopefully, uh, hopefully like, um, hopefully by the end of the year, I'll be able to quit my uh, normal job and I'll be able to like do this full time. And then, then I'll be able to like push them out faster, I think. But um they just take so long <laughs> i can imagine man with the research the editing everything i mean yeah, yeah absolutely and you have to i'm sure you get this too it's like you don't just have to like learn about what you're making a video about you also have to learn about like all these like tangential things to make sure you're not saying something wrong like in a throwaway line yeah so it takes takes a long time that's the thing it is like you said it's the behind the scenes stuff that nobody sees you know they see the, the polished product but yeah the work that goes into doing most things in this subject is yeah. uh it's crazy yeah, you well, listen, read your guest books and stuff like that, or you know what I mean? Watch, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> which is great. You know, I love it. I love it. But it's just there's not enough time in the day when you, you've got 
many other things that you're trying to do at the same time. So I'm, you know, I'm glad you appreciate that. But listen, before I let you go, there's a couple of questions which I like to sort of generally ask people is, out of all UFO cases, do you have a favorite that stands above the rest? So, yeah, I guess it's like Colaris one. It's like favorite in a sense of like, this is the best one I like to present people with because there's so many different aspects of it. Like I said, it, multiple months, um, health effects, uh, hundreds of witnesses, hundreds of like newspaper coverage articles from the time. What else is there? There's um, And then, yeah, part of that case was they sent out the Brazilian military and they were expecting to just uh, come and like witness mass hysteria. And then uh, like all the people on the military team saw stuff. Um, and then you also with that case, you have a cover up, which you have the Air Force at the time said it was lighthouses off um, shore. Um, and then what's also important is you have um, so basically like it was covered up in 78, 79. Um, the official report or parts of it were leaked to like the UFO community then. So you kind of have this aspect of like documents being leaked. Are they real? Are they not? And then you started to have some of the military witnesses like um, the commander and stuff like that. Uh, they gave their testimonies in, in between. And then what it finally closes out with is like in 2004, uh, AJ Givad, who passed away, um, unfortunately, this year, rest in peace. He like helped lead this um, political action movement, I guess, uh, to get a lot of that stuff declassified. So you have like an official acknowledgement of a cover up from the Brazilian government. And then you also, also have these documents like officially released from the Brazilian government. So it kind of has everything. And it's not in America because you always hear people say like, why is it always in America? So <laughs> yeah, that's my go-to for whenever someone like wants a good like case. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, you did a three-parter on that one. And I recommend mm -hmm. everybody go and check it out, as well as all of Red's vids. Um, what do you think, if you had to speculate that if we are genuinely being visited or there is a, a non-human intelligence here, out of all the potential origins, extraterrestrial, interdimensional, that what sits at the top of your your list at the moment, if you had to say? Um, I do think it's like a mix but I do kind of like the interdimensional stuff. Uh, although I think, yeah, I think it's all kind of there. I like the chains of the sea, uh, the Lou reference where it's like, yeah, it's like interdimensional Loki AI has already been sentient on this planet for a while. We didn't even realize. And there's also like extraterrestrial. Um, some of the orb stuff feels more interdimensional. And then maybe like some of the, like some, some cases do kind of maybe seem extraterrestrial, but then also at the same time, I do think there is a deceptive aspect of the phenomenon. So it's like, who even really knows it's the that jock fillet book cover where it's like the alien holding the different hands the mask yeah yeah and then even that was like its own separate hand with something off book you know so no like, that's you, cool it's a tough one days? um again yeah interdimensional maybe something that's been here all along yeah. you know that kind of it sits above extraterrestrial for me at this stage but again it, it flips and changes all the time and it's so difficult to sort of be able to say well i think it's this because there's really very little to kind of show for that that reasoning. Mm -hmm. So, uh, listen, one last question. So I've seen it in the comments a few times now, and I'll get get butchered if I don't ask. It, is uh, where does the name Red Panda Koala come from? <laughs> um, I just like I like red pandas a lot. The animal it looks like a little red uh, what raccoon kind of thing. But yeah. um, and then yeah, I like koalas too. And I I didn't really want to put a UFO name at first because like especially in the beginning when I was like learning how to edit and just kind of like making a, like getting a sense of like what is even going on here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't want like, um, I don't know. I just felt like that would have brought in on like 
a lot of eyes like right out the beginning you know um so i like that and i like uh i like the way like rpk sounds like when it's just the the first letter and stuff uh i like it <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant it's great and it's so memorable now in right? the community like, yeah, something and that's it. You can't lose it now, man. You're stuck with it. So, no, yeah. listen, thank you so much for joining me today. I really do appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, dude. Thanks, Vinny. I'll catch you around. Um, hopefully, uh, are you coming to the States soon or something like that? I am going to be in Roswell in June. Yeah. Oh, for that Roswell. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think I'm going to try and make it to that. So maybe I'll catch you there then. Dude, that'd be so cool, man. Cool. But yeah, thanks again. And thank you to everyone in the chat as well. I really appreciate it. Look out for a video from me in the next couple of days with Chris Leto, where we will be covering the last couple of weeks' incidents in, in more depth. And then next Wednesday, the 22nd of February, I'm going to be live with Dan Zetterstrom, my good buddy, who is currently in Mexico visiting lots of the archaeological sites. So we're going to be discussing that and more. So, guys, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll see you soon. Goodbye. Bye-bye.